Slytherin, my friends. <laughs> Come Slytherin. Okay, listen, when I had this backdrop, I was thinking, wow, this is so like crazy. It's just so dark and gloomy and moody and dark academia and everyone fucking said Hogwarts. So I'm just embracing it. Welcome to Slytherin. How can I help you? Today, um, we're starting off with a movie that I did not think that I was going to be this obsessed with. I did not think that I was going to think about it multiple nights in a row right before I'm about to fall asleep, literally preventing myself from falling asleep because we have just hands getting chopped off. There's so much psychological weirdness in this movie. Holy mother forking sh- This is the one time I didn't even look up the plot of the movie before I started it. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it. I, it's been on my radar for too long now. I don't even know what it's about. I think it has something to do with revenge. Let me watch it. The perfection is uh, on face value. What you really think it is, it's about a cellist, a musician, who is so jealous of another cellist that she psychologically brainwashes in that other cellist to chop off her own hand so that she can no longer play the cello. Welcome to The Perfection. Not me, the movie. Thanks though, <laughs> I'm kidding. So The Perfection is one of those movies that I didn't think that I was gonna enjoy, but holy forking shit, I had like two dreams about this. So we're gonna start, I'm just gonna dive deep. I'm gonna drop you in the opening scene. And the movie is split up into multiple parts. So before you say, oh my God, you just did like the young promising woman, like another female revenge flick. Like we're so sick of females getting revenge. Why are they so mad? Um, No, it's not that type of movie you think that it is but every time you think that you understand the plot of the movie they just switch it up on you and you just get mind blown because you're like what the fork is going on here part one is the mission so we start off with charlotte and charlotte is in the corner of a room and you can see on the bed is a dying woman she's dead now and it's not a very suspicious condition where you're like oh my god charlotte just murdered someone who did she murder you can kind of tell that this is charlotte's mom and immediately there's pill bottles everywhere she looks very weak there's like IV bags, you can tell that this is her mom that died of an illness and was not viciously murdered in the middle of the night. Sorry, true crimers. And so essentially, she's sitting there. All of these people are going in and out of the house, just kind of giving their regards, like, I'm so, like, their condolences. I'm so sorry, Charlotte. And a lot of them start whispering in the hallway and they think that Charlotte can't hear. Nay, nay, she can. And they're saying things like, well, what is she gonna do now? I mean, she's been taking care of her for over a decade. You think she's gonna go back to performing? I don't even know if she can perform. You think she can still perform after a decade? And they're just like doing little gossip, right? So then we see all of these picture frames framed with Charlotte playing the cello and she's just, she looks graceful. This kind of reminds me of Black Swan, you know, the movie? And so she's like playing the cello and she's sitting there looking confused about what she's doing with her life and then the next you know we kind of go through a whirlwind process where she cleans up all of her mom's belongings she also calls Anton and Paloma now Anton and Paloma are very interesting they're very pertinent to the story Anton is the owner of Back Off Academy and Back Off Academy is in Boston Massachusetts it is a world-renowned music conservatory for cellists like if you play the cello that's the place that you want to end up in not Juilliard Juilliard, Back Off Academy is the place to be if you want your name 
in the cello industry. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the place, okay? And so she, they are the owners. They She was his protege before she left to go take care of her dying mother for the Who next is? 10 years, Charlotte. Uh-huh. She was primed to be his, you know, to take over the academy, to be the next Anton, to be the world's greatest cellist. That was her. And he was obsessed with her because she had this innate talent, this gift that nobody else had. And so mm-hmm. she reaches out to them and she says, hey, my mom's dead. Like, I'm ready to I'm ready to play again. And she ends up in Shanghai. They said, come to Shanghai. We've got something going on here. So she gets to Shanghai. And at first, the first couple of days, you know, you do what you do. You want to explore. So she's got her little headphones in. She's walking around in China, looking around. And she sees this giant billboard. And on the billboard is Elizabeth Wells. And you can kind of tell that this person is a cellist because she's literally playing the cello on the billboard and she looks so graceful. And Charlotte is looking at this billboard with eyes of anger. Now, obviously, where does our brain go to? She's like, oh, well, this is jealousy because she gave up 10 years to go take care of her mom. And now, of course, the Academy, they have a new protege. They've moved on. There's more cellists to be made. And so she ends up going to the Shanghai concert of cellist. Now, she wears a cheap pow in it, which is really questionable because she's as white as can be but like that's another story for another day okay so she's wearing this cheap house she goes to the shanghai concert she meets up with anton and paloma and they look and act exactly how you think an anton and paloma would act they seem very rich they seem very classy honestly they seem cultured and so she's like oh my god i've missed you and they're immediately embracing each other like they seem really close it seems like a genuine like i don't know if it's a friendship or if it's like family to them it seems very genuine and she sees elizabeth wells on the other side of the concert hall and she keeps looking at her but doesn't really go and introduce herself just kind of they keep kind of staring at each other is this elizabeth concert no it's actually not so let me explain okay so anton likes to do this thing where he likes to travel all across the world looking for the next protégés and so this shanghai concert is between three shanghainese girls who are now competing for a four-year all expenses paid entry into the back off academy and these are probably the three best young cellists in shanghai at the time and so they've got a bunch of people who come to watch it to see who gets this spot elizabeth wells is actually going to be one of the judges Anton is one of the judges, and Charlotte is one of the judges. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like Shanghai Got Talent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so all of them, you know, are standing in the concert hall. Anton goes up. Everyone claps all bougie. Like, they don't even clap like regular people. They clap like this. And he says that, you know, one of the main judges is going to be Elizabeth Wells, who is probably the best cellist that he has ever experienced. Listening to her play the cello is as close to God as you can get. Which, you know, immediately my ears perked up when he said that, because I was like, this gonna get a weird this movie's gonna get weird nobody just puts shit like that in their movie unless it's gonna get weird okay and then he and then he's like and then we also have charlotte who was you know once one of my best students but she dropped out for the next decade to take care of her dying mother that is the heart of charlotte and so everyone starts clapping so you've got this like weird mixture of like elizabeth she's just so fucking good at it and then charlotte who's just full of heart is how he's presenting her to everybody and so he finds 
finally introduces them before the concert actually takes place so that the judges can get to know each other. And mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. So during this, we have Charlotte giving flashbacks and they're really intense. So it's of her in the bathtub um, cutting herself. There's blood in the bathtub. It's her being taken into a mental institution, getting her head completely shaved and then experiencing major doses of electroshock therapy. They're just shocking her brain. And so you're like, okay, like it's obvious that she did not drop out just to take care of her dying mother. Like there's some crazy shit that's going on. And so they finally introduce each other. We get another flashback from Charlotte as she's shaking Elizabeth's hand where she had actually passed Elizabeth on her way out of Batcoff Academy. So she was leaving down the stairs and Elizabeth was coming up the stairs, right? And she had just entered because they're, they're like four years apart. So and they so, never really met. Yeah. Uh. But it's kind of a weird vibe. And so they shake their hands. And at first it seems really tense and awkward. And, you know, he's just so excited. Anton is like two of my best students meeting. I mean, I'm giddy. I feel like I'm drunk even though I haven't drinking anything. Wow, please get to know each other. And he leaves to go talk to everybody else to network. And Elizabeth is like, yeah, call me Lizzie. And she says, you know, you were my favorite. Like, I always wanted to be you. Um, when I was 14, I saw you perform. I think you were like 16 or something. And you are the only person who made my heart skip a beat when I saw you play. And, you know, Charlotte's going off and she's like, oh my God, like, I love all of your music. I literally have the cover of you on New York Magazine. Like, you were amazing. And Who's she's almost this? Charlotte to Lizzie. So they're and both both really a big fan of each other yeah like but that. it seems like charlotte is obviously fangirling a lot harder for lizzie mm -hmm. and lizzie says please charlotte like don't be nervous in front of me like i've always been a fan of yours okay. and so they seem more natural now so it's kind of weird because they went from this really like tense looking at each other from across the room and then suddenly they're like i fucking love you let me lick your butthole meanwhile lots of sexual tension it gets intense. Between the two? Yeah, it gets really intense. Like, I know, there's so many weird things that happen. Not that, you know, sexual tension between two women is weird, but the fact that, like, you thought that they hate each other because they're jealous, but now they're, like, doing each other, it gets intense. And then all of a sudden... We'll get into it. So it's kind of complex because, you know, it seems like Charlotte is very nice to Lizzie, but you kind of had this feeling that she has some sort of resentment, whether it's towards Lizzie, towards the Academy, or towards her own mom, or the, just the situation, that she is not Lizzie. Because she could have been a Lizzie, you know? But she's not. And so the concert takes place. They're sitting front row right next to each other, and they're watching these three Shanghainese girls just, that's not the cello, playing the cello and and Lizzie looks over at Charlotte and says, Hey, do you want to know a secret? The girl mm -hmm. on the left is going to win. How do you know? Come on. <laughs> the other two are nothing compared to her. Look at her. I mean, they have talent. They have the skill. Technically, they're good. But no, that girl, she leaves them in the dust. And she's like, yeah, but that takes away all the fun. Well, you want to know what's fun? Look over there at the parents. So you've got all of the parents standing on the side, just like intensely watching their kids play cello, right? Mm -hmm. And she says, the mom of the middle girl is fucking the dad of the other one. They're having an affair. And she's like, how do you know? Charlotte's like, what are you talking about? How do you know? And she's like, just watch. They've been acting all weird all night. They couldn't keep their hands off of each other in the cocktail party. Just watch. And now they're not even watching the cellist. They're literally watching the parents. And sure enough, the mom goes over and she starts kind of flirting with the other guy's hand. She leaves her husband, walks over to the other guy, sits down and like whispers something to the other person and like, you know, touches his hand. And they're just like, what the fork? And they're like, this feels wrong. Like Charlotte's like, this feels really inappropriate. Like,
Like we're spying on them. And Lizzie whispers in her ear, but doesn't it make you waterfall down there? <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. Say that one more time. She says, but doesn't it make you moist down there? So there's a lot of sexual tension, okay? It's not just me. I was noticing it, but there's a lot of sexual tension. She says it makes her moist down under. And so after the concert, the third girl does win. Her name is Shang Li, and it's going to become important later, right? So Shang Li, she's like freaking nine years old. She wins. She's going to go to Boston, Massachusetts to become the next world-renowned cellist, okay? Her parents are so happy. They're like, oh, thank you so much, my little girl. And so the two, they're upstairs on the rooftop. It's a beautiful night. They're talking. They're drinking. And they start having conversations. And Lizzie is asking Charlotte, you know, do you even play anymore? And Charlotte says, you know, Right after I left Back Off Academy, it was nearly impossible to play. Like, it took me so long to pick up the cello again, but once I finally did, I was so happy. Like, I I honestly feel like this is the best part about playing cello. And, you know, Lizzie agrees. She's like, obviously, because you're playing for yourself now. And they just kind of, like, look at each other, and it's, like, a really intense stare. And Charlotte's like, do you, do you ever think about leaving? Leaving what? Back Off Academy? No. <laughs> No, I could never. And at this point, Lizzie starts becoming slightly defensive. She's saying, what are you talking about? Why would I ever leave back off? They're like family to me. I mean, this is literally what playing cello is. It's like a gift and, you know, it's family. I, I do what's expected of us. It's, it's work. It's hard work, but it's special work. And it's what's expected of us. You know, but... But you would be happy to know, Charlotte, that I will be taking my first ever vacation tomorrow. Starting tomorrow, yeah, for the next two weeks. I'm unplugging, I'm getting rid of my phone, no more practicing the cello, I'm giving my fingers a rest, and I'm gonna explore just the mountains of China, just like all of these lesser explored places. And I'm just kind of excited, maybe sleep in a little, stop dreaming about musical notes. You know, maybe we can go out tonight. Maybe we can go dancing tonight. And so they're like, yeah, okay. So it seems like they're getting along really well, which kind of just goes to question what was going on in the beginning where they were just kind of staring at each other in not a nice way. Like it wasn't like a sexual stare either. It was a very just kind of mean stare. And so they're walking down the steps about to head out when they see a man drop his glass of wine. He drops to his knees, starts throwing up this yellow puke all over the ground and his nose starts bleeding and he momentarily passes out the whole concert hall all of the cocktail party all of these people that were drinking wine they stop and they stare and they just hear this one girl in the corner going oh my god do you think it's what's going on down south now this is the part where please don't conspiracy theory because they said hunan not wuhan bits they said that there is an airborne virus that's going on in the hunan border and it's super contagious it causes hemorrhaging it causes people to throw up and i don't know like i've just heard a lot of crazy things about it do you think it's that and so they're like whispering about it and the two girls are walking down and charlotte's like what the virus and that's when elizabeth's like did they say Hunan? We were just in Hunan. You think it's that? You were in Hunan? Yeah, you, you know how Anton is. He likes to recruit his next protege from the most rural areas. Hunan, Africa, Minnesota. <laughs> and they're like giggling and Charlotte's like, no, it's not that. Like, 
I hope not, right? And they're not really taking it seriously, okay? They're just like, it's fine, whatever. And as they're walking, Paloma says, Lizzie, can we borrow you for a second? So they get whisked off back into the concert room where the stage is set and all of these men in suits are standing there ha-ha-ha-ing. And that's when Anton is like, Lizzie, please, please make our night and just play one piece for us. Please, I beg of you, Lizzie. And Lizzie's like, I will if Charlotte will be my second chair. And Charlotte's like, no, 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 no. And Anton's like, oh, perfection. My two best students playing together at last. Like, this is going to be amazing. And Charlotte's like, I can't do this. Like, I suck. Like, you don't understand. I'm an amateur again. And Lizzie says, listen, you were the only person that has ever made me feel emotional when I heard you play. So you can do this. So they get up and they're... That's a lot of pressure for Charlotte, no? Yeah, yeah. Does she want to play at that point? Does she look It doesn't, like... no. Uh... It seems like she's like, oh, that's a lot. But Lizzie's like, it'll be fun. It's just mm-hmm. for fun. And so Lizzie gets her up there and I really thought that Charlotte was going to bomb it or something, mm-hmm. but they killed it. And it was a beautifully done shot where it's of them playing the cello together. All of these men in suits are like, oh my God, what a beauty. And the two women are looking at each other and then all of a sudden you see them in bed fucking each other and then they're playing the cello again and then the music is playing and it's all classical and it's so artsy and i'm like oh my god i wish i was a musician so did they actually fuck? yeah yeah they're oh. like doing it uh-huh okay, okay. for sure so they're like doing it they go out into the stairwell they do it some more they go to some clubs that night they do it some more and they do it some more and they keep doing it and eventually they wake up in lizzie's hotel room and that's when lizzie is like please please will you join me on my vacation do you have plans for the next two weeks like if you don't i'm going out west and it's gonna be like small towns small buses no phones no major cities just completely unplugged no more anton for two weeks i'm just gonna get away from all of that and so charlotte is like what that's kind of crazy now this is the part where you see they don't really see this but you see that both of them have just the tiniest little musical note tattoo on their shoulder blades both of them so like at the same time they're getting along and it seems like this relationship is developing maybe they're in love with each other romantically speaking sexually speaking but at the same time it's so sinister like do they know that they have the same tattoo why do they have the same tattoo what is going on so part two starts and it's the detour and so this is when lizzie is like okay we're gonna go to the next city so they end up at the next city and they're ready they're like okay we're gonna get on this bus we're gonna go travel through these mountains she's got this whole itinerary every day is jam-packed of her exploring the unexplored parts of china Mm -hmm. and so lizzie wakes up she's super hungover and charlotte is standing there and she's like i'm hungover too and lizzie's like god i need to go throw up so she runs into the bathroom and charlotte's like i got you i know exactly what's gonna fix your hangover over and she brings out some Advil and she says hair of the dog which means more alcohol right and Lizzie's like more alcohol and she's like it's the only way to get rid of it so she takes the ibuprofen she takes the alcohol and she's like god what is wrong with me today and they walk out of the hotel and at this point you know Charlotte's like if you're feeling that sick we could just go back and order a movie on pay-per-view and just spend time at the hotel yeah Mm -hmm. and Lizzie's like no I literally only have two weeks and that's it I need to do everything I said I was gonna do I literally this is my first vacation I need to do it all Mm -hmm. and so charlotte's like okay well do you want to at least try to eat something before we go maybe that'll help they stop at this little chicken porridge shop Mm -hmm. um and they made the food look as unappealing as possible and so lizzie's looking at it she's got these stomach issues and they're literally chopping up the chicken right next to her it's real authentic and 
it, there's a butcher with a big ass knife just like chopping at the chicken. And every time he chops, she's like wincing and she's got these stomach issues. And they leave the restaurant, they get onto the bus, and Lizzie is still feeling sick. Uh-huh. And during all of this time, I mean, the scenery is not necessarily the most appealing when you have a stomach virus. Like the bus is pretty run down, the seats look dirty. You know, there's bugs everywhere. So she's like, oh, there's a bug on you, right? Charlotte's like, there's a bug on you, Lizzie. And they get rid of the bug and they sit down in the back and Lizzie's like, God, my head hurts. It feels like I'm on fire. Yeah, do you have water? And so she chugs an entire bottle of water before they even head off. And Charlotte's like, are you sure you're okay? Mm-hmm. Lizzie's like, can I get some more ibuprofen, please? I promise if I just take some ibuprofen, I'm gonna be okay. So Charlotte brings out her bottle of ibuprofen, pours one onto her, like pours, accidentally pours a lot onto her hand, and is trying to put them back, but Lizzie just grabs all of them and just takes them all. And Charlotte's like, that's too much ibuprofen. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And she's like, I'm just gonna take this and I'm gonna be okay. I promise. And so she's drinking more water. Uh, The bus is filling up. They start heading off. And you can see through the scenery that they're heading into the middle of nowhere. Like, it's beautiful, but like the middle of nowhere. There's no hospitals. There's going to be nothing around here, which is not a good sign. And the bus driver, he looks kind of mean, to be honest. And so the whole time, they're trying to talk. They're trying to, you know kind of bond but Lizzie just wants to die and so Lizzie's like god my stomach hurts I feel like my stomach is on fire please Charlotte can you tell the bus driver to stop I have to puke I have to puke and so Charlotte's like I don't speak Mandarin and she's like please just please just get him to stop I need to puke I don't want to puke on the bus and she's Charlotte's like okay okay and so she's walking towards the front of the bus while it's moving in the middle of nowhere and she's like does does anyone speak any English can excuse me sir and she's like trying to talk to the bus driver the bus driver won't even acknowledge the fact that charlotte's talking to him like she's like hello my friend is sick and he's literally just deadpan straight on won't even look at her but not in like a weird zombie apocalypse way just like really rude right and so finally a passenger stands up and he's like i know a little bit of english and he's trying to translate in mandarin like we need to stop the bus she just needs to go throw up and the bus driver is like yelling there was no translation i almost wanted to show you to ask you to translate for me okay and so he's just like freaking yelling and and then finally he's like what the fuck is happening and then lizzie is standing up in the middle of the bus back there in the middle of the aisle Mm -hmm. and you just see her go charlotte please stop the bus and she just pukes this yellow vomit out onto the middle of the aisle and all of the passengers start screaming the bus driver he screeches to a halt and he's screaming in mandarin everyone's screaming in mandarin it's really hectic and you know charlotte's like okay he stopped the bus like let's go and lizzie's like I can't, Charlotte. If I move, I'm gonna shit myself. And she's like crying. She's fucking crying. She's like, the minute that I move, I'm gonna shit myself. I swear, Charlotte, I'm gonna shit myself. And so Charlotte's like, it's okay, it's okay. The bus has stopped. Just baby steps. You can shit yourself out there. And so finally, she gets outside. She's shitting herself. She's crying. One of the female passengers comes out and gives her some napkins. And Charlotte helps Lizzie wipe. Like, that's how sick she is. And Lizzie's like, this is so embarrassing. And Charlotte's like, it's okay. I took care of my mom for 10 years this is nothing and so they get back on the bus and she's like okay i'm gonna be better i'm gonna be better i'm not better charlotte what do i do please help me is there a hospital and then the guy who speaks english one of the passengers he says there's not a major hospital until we get into the next town over and that's like a couple hours and so they're like, we're in the middle of nowhere. So Charlotte's like, okay, Lizzie, you got this. Like, it's going to be okay. Here, let's take your mind off of it. From A through Z, let's list musical composers. So I'll start with A. She's like, fucking ASAP Rocky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so 
she's like, okay, be it for Beethoven, you know? <laughs> Beethoven. And so she's like, no, I, I need to throw up. And she's trying to get the bus window down. But of course, this is like a million years old. The bus window isn't coming down. And she throws up all over the window and again the mandarin screaming just ignites at once everyone's screaming <laughs> the passengers are like what the hell are you bringing onto this bus you nasty little hoe the bus driver is like not on my bus you know and that's when charlotte looks and she's like what the fuck are those bugs and we see the throw up oh, and there's maggots know. all in her <laughs> in her thing maggots in her throw up and Lizzie starts freaking out. She starts screaming. Everyone's screaming. This is just chaotic. And that's when Lizzie starts scratching her head and scratching her arms. And she's saying, they're in my head, Charlotte. They're in my head. That's why I have a headache. They're inside of me. Okay, and I did not think this movie is turning into this. No, it gets weirder. And Charlotte's like, no, they're not. They're not. What are you talking about? And she's like, shut the fuck up. What do you mean they're not? You literally just saw them in my throw up. They're inside of me. If there's maggots in my throw up, do the math, Charlotte. They're inside of me. And she starts scratching her head. The bus driver is like, what is wrong with her? You know, and then she starts going over to window and just slamming her head on the window. She starts bleeding from the head and she's like, get them out of me. And then we see the scene where the bus driver stops and he physically removes them and kicks them out. The nice passengers, they try to give them like water bottles and stuff. And they're just like, we're going to, once we get to the destination, we're going to get help. We're going to send police officers your way. Like, just wait here or try to start walking this way towards the town, okay? And so they just get dropped off in the middle of nowhere. And so they start walking. Charlotte's holding all of their bags. And Lizzie's like, oh my God, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. What do I do? And Charlotte's like, there's no bugs inside of you. Like, please. Do you think it's, what did they say it was? Like, was it like the Ebola? I don't know. What Do you have something? Do you think it's that? You did go to Hunan. And she starts looking at her arm and she's like, do you see them moving? And we see that there's like stuff moving under her arm. And she's like, oh my God. Charlotte's like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. And she looks closer and she goes, are those bugs in your arm? And Lizzie throws up and Charlotte looks at the throw up and now there's like spiders moving in the throw up. And she's like, oh my God. And so Lizzie's screaming, what do I do? What do I do, Charlotte? You have to help me. What do I do? And all of a sudden, Charlotte looks deadpan into the camera and says, you know what you have to do? And pulls out an axe. And we just see Lizzie chopping off her own arm in the middle of nowhere. It got that dark that quick now we go to a flashback we get a flashback to the hotel and when they both woke up hungover when we saw it the first time it looked very natural like they had just done it they were both naked in bed and they wake up and they're like are you hungover and they're like i'm hungover and you hungover and it looks like very romantic <laughs> but then this time you see that charlotte woke up extra early and was just staring at the musical note tattoo on Lizzie's back, but it seemed kind of in like a sinister, evil way. Mm -hmm. We also see that when Lizzie went to the bathroom, instead of giving her ibuprofen, she had pulled out one of her mom's pill bottles that we saw in the beginning of the movie, and it said, may cause hallucinations, alcohol worsens side effects. And she had given her a bunch of those, and remember, she took even more on the bus mm -hmm. with the hair of the dog. 
which means a little alcohol, right? So when they go to the chicken place, I mean, all of it seems like almost psychological conditioning. Mm-hmm. They're eating this really nasty food. She ends up taking stealing one of those um, knives because they had like a wall of like those butcher knives, like those big block knives. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up putting one in her backpack. They go onto the bus. Remember what I said? She said, oh, there's like a bug on you. And that, again, is like another thing of psychological conditioning. We see when Lizzie threw up, there actually were no maggots in the throw up. We only see these things after Charlotte said, oh, my God, what the fuck? Are there bugs in your throw up? Are those bugs? Remember? Mm -hmm. And then we saw the throw up and there were bugs in it. There were no bugs when she got out, when she threw up on the middle of nowhere. There Mm -hmm. were no moving things under her arm. There was nothing. There was just her holding up the axe. So part one was the mission, part two was the detour, part three is home. So now we're back in Boston, Massachusetts, and it opens with Anton and Paloma welcoming Shang Li into the academy where everybody resides. So it's literally one of those academies. It's actually um in a like a hundred year old cathedral church that had been converted into an academy for very strategic reasons because they said that the main room there's this one room that used to be used for worship but it is actually the most acoustically perfect room that there is because you know with musicians i don't know anything about this but i'm assuming that there's a lot of echo that's involved that's important and i'm sure there's a reason why concert halls are designed the way that they are right and so he said this is probably the most acoustically perfect room in the entire world and mm-hmm. so he's giving shang Li and her mother a complete tour this is your room shang this is where you'll be staying you know all of that and her mom leaves and she's just alone and she's like I'm so excited I'm so ready and Anton is like one day only my best students get to play in this room the rest of the place you can play your cello anywhere but this room the most acoustically perfect room in the whole place Mm -hmm. you have to be invited to play here and you have to be one of my best before you it was Lizzie before her it was Charlotte before her it was this person and um, hopefully it will be you. And so all of them go to sleep. The nighttime has come up. And Anton, he's in his PJs. When all of a sudden, he hears the buzzer at the front gate. Just going on and on. He's trying to ask, like, hello, who's there? Nobody's answering. So in his little PJs, he walks out to the main gate of Backhoff Academy. And standing there is Lizzie with an amputated arm. Oh, my God. And she's like, Anton, please help. You have to help me. And she's crying. And he's mm-hmm. like, where have you been? We've been looking for you. Lizzie, what happened to your arm? And she's like, please, you have to help me. What the fuck happened to your arm? And so he freaks out. She's allowed inside. They're sitting down in the living room. Paloma's there. It's the middle of the night. She's crying. And she said, they found me on the side, the middle of nowhere in China. And all I had keeping me alive was like this homemade tourniquet. And once I was taken to the hospital, you know, by the time that I got out, Charlotte had already left the country. And the police really couldn't help me because, you know, I'm the one that took the drugs and I'm the one that cut off my own hand. They couldn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. And the couple's just sitting there like, what? Why would Charlotte do such a thing? And this is like, are you kidding? Because she's a jealous fucking bitch. I'm famous. I can do music. I have money. And she has nothing. She's jealous, don't you get it? And so they're like, 
okay, it's okay, it's okay. We're gonna help you through this. Just go upstairs and just go to bed, okay? So the next morning she wakes up and she's just sitting on her bed, staring at her arm, staring at her room, and she goes downstairs and the next group of the next world-renowned cellists have come in and they're taking lessons. And you can see that she's like pain. There's so much pain in her, right? And she's looking at them. She's trying to walk away when Anton says, oh, wait, Lizzie, could, do you have a minute? And they go into his office and he says, listen, Lizzie, um, we got an apartment for you. We've paid for it for a year and we're going to pay all of your hospital bills and your rehab, but I think it's time for you to move out. She says, what? Are you kicking me out? What are you talking about? Anton, I can still teach. I can, I can conduct. I can still compose. I can still do this. Music is my life. You can't kick me out, Anton. And Paloma says, I know, sweetie, but this isn't an orphanage. It's a music conservatory. Do you not get it, Anton? If you shut me out, the music world is going to shut me out. But if you if you let me teach, if you let me do anything, I, I can still I can still be around music. I can still do something with music. Anton, please. And he says, I know, but you had a perfect talent. It was rare. It was really crazy, but now it's gone. And we have to make space for the next group. And so, you know, Lizzie's crying as she gets escorted out by the two male teachers. And she's crying. She gets kicked out. Now we go to Minnesota where Charlotte is humming while she's cooking a meal. She's like, <laughs> and she hears a noise and she puts down her little knife. She goes to the front door, looks out. Nobody's there. She goes back to pick up her knife when she hears a noise coming from one of the bedrooms. She goes and investigates, doesn't see anything. And so as she's walking out, we see Lizzie come out with a taser and she tases Charlotte to the ground and she starts kicking her and she puts her sh boot, like her shoe on Charlotte's face and it looks like she's about to like smash her head in or do something crazy, okay? Mm -hmm. And that is the next scene we get where Lizzie is back at Boston, Massachusetts in front of Back Off Academy and Anton and Paloma are driving in their fancy car, driving on their way home and once they approach the main gate to the academy, they see that Lizzie is standing outside of her car and she looks crazy. And so Anton gets out and he goes, Lizzie, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And she says, I know you kicked me out because I didn't have anything you wanted. But now I have something you want. And he's like, what are you talking about, Lizzie? Mm -hmm. And she says, I have Charlotte in my trunk. And she pops open her trunk and Charlotte's tied up in the trunk. And Anton is just like, what the fuck is happening? And so they go inside. Now Charlotte, she's been passed out. So she wakes up in the living room with just Anton. So Paloma had taken Lizzie upstairs trying to separate the two because who knows what they're going to do. Are they going to kill each other? We don't know. And so Anton's sitting there and he's like, Charlotte, what is going on? And so Anton's like, really? What do you mean what is going on? You cut off her hand. And she's like, yeah, because she's fucking crazy. And Anton's like, well, I think both of you guys are very unwell, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, were you really that jealous of Lizzie that you had her cut off her own hand? Mm -hmm. Charlotte's like, are you kidding? Jealous? You think I was jealous? I was trying to help her by cutting off her hand. How is that helping her? Mm -hmm. I saw the tattoo on her back. And I know what she had to do to get that tattoo. I know what that tattoo means because I have that tattoo. And I knew she was brainwashed, just like I was. What are, you, what are you talking about? For over a decade, I sat there taking care of my dying mom. And 
I was going suicidal at one point because for some reason, I didn't think about it like that. But every day since the day that I left this academy, I realized what actually happened here. And I knew that I had to save her. I knew that she was going through the same thing that I was going through. S save her from what? From you, Anton. From you. And so he starts laughing nervously. Like, <laughs> And then he just stops. And then we get a flashback. So we see Charlotte and she's super young. She's like 14 years old and she's in the room, the perfect room. She's got mm -hmm. the tattoo on her shoulder and he keeps, Anton keeps telling her, you have to play for the perfection. That's what you're trying to achieve, the perfection. Mm -hmm. And so he's, you know, having her play the cello. He's moving along with it. And she does what any normal kid does. And she makes a minor mistake. Like she messes up one of the notes and she immediately freaks out, stops playing the whole song and guess I made a mistake please forgive me Anton mm -hmm. and Anton is like no you never fuck up in this room and you know that you got the tattoo because you were asked to play in this room because you represent the Academy because you were the very best but now that you've messed up you've insulted us and at that moment two men walk in the two teachers that we saw you know escorting lizzie out but they're younger now they walk in and they sit down in the cathedral room watching her on the stage while anton is walking around talking about you were prepared by our sweat tears and passion my father taught me the cello my gr my grandfather taught my father and so on and so forth this has been the premier academy for cellist since 1920 but you dare make a mistake in this room what does it mean when you fail things that we work so hard at teaching you, Charlotte? I cannot get close to God. Yes, and your, your talent will lay waste, squandered by your lack of ambition. So what happens now, Charlotte? You pay the price. And this time, he comes back into frame, and he's butt-fucking-naked. So we can assume that he is assaulting these kids under the disguise of helping them become better cellists. So he's like brainwashing them into believing that this is the accord, you know, a, a doable punishment for messing up something as simple as a minor note. He's essentially groomed them and brainwashed them and assaulted them. So Charlotte didn't go to the police. Instead, she decided to chop off the other girl's head. Um, so yeah, so <sighs> she said that the last 10 years she was in and out of mental hospitals uh -huh. and when she asked Lizzie, it seemed like she was in too deep. So Charlotte, she was trying to achieve the perfection. Now at this point we get back to real time and at this point Anton's mad because he remembers, you know, what happened. So he knocks out Charlotte, drags her to the basement, to the cathedral room, and she's about to run up the stairs again because she, she gains her consciousness and he knocks her out again. And so at this point, you know, they're just in the cathedral, all of them are there, and they wake up with the next scene of Charlotte sitting in this giant red dress with her hair done, her makeup done. She's been changed at the legs and mm -hmm. she's sitting on the stage of the cathedral room with a cello in between her legs and all of them gather into the room all dressed up suit and tie black tie Anton comes in the two male teachers come in Lizzie's sitting there in a suit and Paloma comes in and Charlotte starts crying and Anton tells them welcome everyone welcome um, I'm excited because Charlotte is going to try to achieve the perfection for us tonight and so Charlotte is crying. She's begging Paloma. Paloma, you can stop this. You can, you have the power to stop this, please. You know, because they're married. I'm sure she could just easily go to the police. She probably has evidence, right? Mm -hmm. And Paloma says, we do what we need to do. It's what's expected of us. And she sits down. 
So you can tell that she's like balls deep in this brainwashing or she's just fucking evil too, right? And so Charlotte is screaming and Anton says, you really hate me, don't you? After, after everything that I did for you. And she said, you know what you did to me. Yeah, and you know that it turned you into this amazing rare cellist, a gift that was almost unattainable for most. And I did that to you. And she's like screaming, we were children, you know? And he's like, I taught you everything. I taught you exactly how my father taught me and his father taught him. I mean, Lizzie, would you say that you were abused? And Lizzie's sitting there and she says, to play like that, to achieve the perfection, it was a gift. Oh, hell no. And so Anton says, see, you cut off her hand for nothing, Charlotte. And he says, all right, everyone, sit down. So the two teachers sit down, everybody sits down, and he says, today, Charlotte is going to try to achieve the perfection. And if you do, I'm going to let you go free because I'm not a monster, Charlotte, regardless of what you think of me. But if you do not, if you even miss one minor note, it won't be you who pays the price. Shang Li! And the little girl, who's like nine years old, she walks in in a little dress and they tell her, you're so lucky, you know that, right? To be asked to come sit in this room to watch one of my protégés play for us tonight. You're so lucky. And so Shang says, thank you so much for the opportunity. And she looks at Charlotte and she says, thank you, I'm very excited. And she sits down in the middle of the room in her little cute little tutu dress. And Charlotte is crying. And she says, Anton, please, no, she's just a kid. And he says, well... It is what it is. And she's crying and she's like, just, I'll pay the price. I'll pay the price. And he says, let us start. And the lights go off and the stage lights come on and he's got this creepy hand on Lily's shoulder or Shang Li's shoulder. And even she looks creeped out. She's just kind of like, you know, and she's continuing to watch. And Charlotte starts playing and everyone starts tearing up because she's fucking good. And then towards the end, he puts another hand on Lily's shoulder and Charlotte starts bawling and she ends perfectly. She has achieved the perfection. And he says, okay, Paloma, will you escort Lily upstairs? And Lily says, thank you so much, Charlotte. It was beautiful. And she gets escorted back into her room by Paloma. And Anton says, did you, Charlotte, did you really think that I was going to make Shang Li pay the price for your mistake? She needs to be asked to perform for us as a vessel of God. She needs her tattoo first. I'm not some random pervert. What the? And then he leaves and he says to the teachers, come get me when she stops biting. And both the teachers get up. They chain up her arms on stage. Her legs are chained up and she starts screaming as the teachers start taking off their suits and Lizzie gets up from her chair and she tells the teachers to back off because she gets first dibs. And she looks at her and she's standing above her. Charlotte's crying, she's screaming. And she says, usually I would use my fingers, but under certain circumstances. And she's taking off the bandage of her amputated arm. And the teachers are kind of laughing and giggling and they're like holding her down and like helping spread her legs. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And then she's like, you know, getting ready. And Charlotte is screaming, no. And Lizzie says, this won't hurt as bad as cutting off your own hand, but I'll make sure to try. And she's about to shove it in there when both the teachers start foaming at the mouth and knock out. What? And Charlotte and Lizzie look at each other 
and they start making out. Then we had another flashback to when Lizzie went to Charlotte's house and she had her foot on her head, right? So we just assumed at that point she like knocked her unconscious, dragged her into the trunk. Uh-huh. But she said, I should fucking kill you for what you did to me. Mm-hmm. And then she backs up, slumps against the wall and starts bawling. And she mm-hmm. says, but you were right. What you said on the side of the road. And we get a flashback to China and Lizzie screaming about her hand that she just amputated. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte saying, I know, I know. I was just trying to save you, but you were in so deep. Like, I knew that there was nothing I could say. There was nothing. Which, like, side note, I mean, technically you went to a mental institution and, like, realized it was abuse. So, like, you couldn't have taken Lizzie to a mental institution. I don't know. Yeah. So, but then she was like, let me just chop off your hand. And she was like, I knew you weren't going to leave without a fight. And I, I knew you were one of his special students. And he would just keep coming back to you. And I needed to save you and the only way to get him away from you was to take away the only thing he wanted from you is your talent and I'm just so sorry I just I just hope you know why I had to do this and she says he never loved you he raped you just like he did me and next time that you need him he won't be there for you Lizzie but I will I promise I'll always be there for you Lizzie okay and so Charlotte is crying and Lizzie starts crying in Charlotte's house after, you know, everything happened. And she was she went over there to kidnap her. And Lizzie's, like, saying, I never saw it before. But since the day that she got kicked out, she realized that all she sees now is him abusing her. Like, that's all she sees. She didn't see anything else. She, like, thought all... She, I don't know why she never thought of it. Like, she was saying that. She was like, I don't know why before. I just always thought of it as the academy and learning violin. But now... Or the cello. And now all I can see is the abuse. And so Charlotte's like, yeah, I know, I know. And Lizzie says, can you help me? We need to stop this so it never happens again to anyone. I need your help. And so part four is the duet. And Lizzie unties Charlotte. They make out some more. And at this point, Anton is upstairs in his room drinking a little whiskey, waiting to go assault some people. And Paloma comes in and she says, I put, I put Shang Li to sleep. And she seems really dizzy. And all of a sudden, she pees herself. And Anton is like, Paloma, what is wrong with you? And she falls to the ground, and there's a knife in her back. And the two girls walk in, and Lizzie says, it's crazy. She was so dragged out, she didn't even realize that we stabbed her. And Anton is like, what? What are you guys doing here? You chopped off her hand. Lizzie, 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 what, what is happening, Lizzie? What's going on, guys? And so Lizzie pulls out the same knife and she says, I'm going to chop off your balls. And she's just like straight up. And Anton is like, listen, I can change. I'm sick. Something's wrong with me. I just need some help. I'm going to go get help. Obviously, I'm ill. I just need to get some help. And, you know, they get into a huge tussle. Lizzie's trying to chop off his balls. Whack, whack, bonk, bonk, all of that. And at this point, a lot of PTSD is hitting Charlotte. And she kind of knocks onto the ground. She kind of faints. And somehow, Anton is able to get away from Lizzie. He grabs a knife. And he gets on top of Charlotte. And she puts her arms up like this. And he just starts slashing her arms. And then, Lizzie gets so mad, she gets back up. Because she had been knocked out by Anton briefly. She grabs a little axe and a crowbar. And she keeps whacking at him. Like, Uh this is for Charlotte. This is for me. This is for all the girls, you know. Mm -hmm. And she just keeps whacking at him. And we see Charlotte wake up just looking at Lizzie. Like, we don't see the actual gruesome part. We just see her looking at Lizzie, whacking him at, you Mm -hmm. know. And then back to the cathedral room. Both the girls are dressed up. 
and they get onto the stage. They sit behind each other in front of a cello, behind the cello,、mm-hmm. and Lizzie uses her one hand to manage the strings. Charlotte uses the other one to do the cello part, and then we see Anton sitting there, connected to an IV bag. Both his legs and his arms have been amputated, and his mouth has been sewn shut. And they're performing for him to achieve the perfection, just like revenge. And that is the end. Dark as fuck. <laughs> I know, right? So I went from thinking this movie was like, oh, Charlotte's just a jealous hoe. Like, get it together, Charlotte. Okay. And then I went to be like, oh my god. So it went from you know Charlotte getting revenge on Lizzie for no reason, and then Lizzie getting revenge on Charlotte for chopping off her arm. And then I really thought Anton and Paloma. I mean, I I felt like maybe there was some cult shit going on. And then briefly, because of the musical note tattoo, I thought maybe Charlotte loved Anton. Like more than a teacher, and knowing that another person had a tattoo, maybe they got matching tattoos.、Mm. She felt replaced by him, and it was more of like a romantic revenge than it was just like a musical revenge, right?、Mm-hmm. But then it just turned into this really twisty, crazy. I think the main reason I was so thrown off by this movie is because any time I saw it come up on my、um, Netflix feed, because it was always recommended to me nonstop, and the preview that they show you is of like maggots in the throw up and her chopping off her. Own arm, and I thought it was gonna be one of those like super, just kind of grungy, like kind of one of those Saw movies where it's just a lot of um,、mm-hmm. just like weird, twisted, but not as much psychological.、Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, hey, chop off your own arm. Hey, look at those maggots, nasty, right?、Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be one of those horror films, but it was pretty intensely psychological. Yeah, a lot of the shots were very strange. I liked this one a lot. I would give it an eight out of ten. I would give it a little more. But it takes a minute to get into. Yes, because you know the first half, you're like, okay, like it's a revenge film, so you're like kind of into it, but it's not the best revenge film you've ever seen. So you're like, it's it's okay, it's doable. But then once they start switching it up on you, it gets really good. But if you guys don't like the sight of maggots, puke, and like all these other things, I wouldn't say it's the most gruesome, but it's like pretty gruesome,、mm-hmm. you know. There's a little bit of like, yeah, it's just got a weird sinister vibe the whole time. But it's pretty good. It reminds me of Black Swan so much. No, I mean, maybe because I'm uncultured and I'm just like, whoa, cultural psychological horror, ballet, cellist, same thing. <laughs> But let me know in the comments. What are your thoughts on this one? This one was kind of crazy, right? But if you guys want more like these, let me also know. Movie recommendations are always welcome, and make sure to check out Bill Bar linked in the description. And I'll see y'all beats tomorrow. Bye.